Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Modern. And welcome back to Masters of Modern. I am your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host, sometimes, Michael Grothy. Hello, everyone. Uh, so where's Ben today? I don't know. It's New Jersey. He's in New Jersey. He's in New Jersey. So, lots of stuff's going on. Uh, you know, we're doing a, an episode today kind of reviewing two things. We have the first half of the episode that is going to be a little bit focused on how War of the Spark has currently been affecting modern. Uh, quickly get that out of the way. Talk a little bit about the banning and restriction announcement that happened earlier this week. Uh, there was nothing for modern. There was a ton of stuff for... Popper. Yeah. Uh, and then we're going to do some first looks at Modern Horizons and all the awesomeness going there. Uh, big heads up. Uh, our preview episode is next week. It'll be on the 27th. So 9 a.m. 27th. Preview episode goes live. Which is Monday. Live, That's Monday, right? Monday. Very exciting preview card. Very exciting preview card. I made the statement on the internet that it is the best preview card we've ever previewed. Uh, you said that with Fatal Push existing, maybe not. Uh, we've also previewed Path and Inquisition of Kozilek. So like, but all those are the same card. They just are one mana kill a thing. This doesn't, well, you don't know what this does yet. So we'll, we'll show you that next week. Uh, super excited. Um, otherwise, in uh, shout outy things, there's a big shout thing. So why don't we let uh, that play right now? Um, if it didn't play because I'm not editing that in this way, you guys go get to hear this moment, but make sure to check out the command zone. They are our sister podcast. They make awesome content every week. Uh, commander focused. They did their preview card this week. They previewed Urza, which is definitely a card we're going to be talking about. That is a nice uh, preview card. I'm pretty sure it is just Ben's invitational card, the card, which we'll talk about then. Uh, so definitely check out the command zone. They're at collected.company, which is the same website. You can find us. If you want to find our website version of us, um, make sure also to subscribe on iTunes and on the YouTube channel, especially if you're watching right now, subscribe. There's a little bell next to the subscribe button. Press that so you get alerts and then comment uh, what card you're most excited about for Modern Horizons. Um, other shout out things. I'm on Twitter. We are at the MMCast. I am personally at Kess Wiley. I'm at uh, at Dudar, D-U-D-A-R-D-D. Uh, and then we have, last but not least, a Patreon. Make sure to go check that out. It is how we are able to accomplish all of these goals. It is one of the main sources of income we have. Um, obviously, there's commercials that you're hearing right now that are part of that. But um, for the most part, the significant amount of money we get comes from that Patreon. And all of the people on there are super helpful. You can also get our Lifelinker code there. I just posted up a, an updated version of it. So if you have the Lifelinker app and want to get it, you need to be a patron. But then you get it on our Patreon. So check that out. And thanks for Jimmy and Josh again for putting off Lifelinker. That app's really great. It's a great little life total counter thing, and it's good for multiplayer and, uh, you know, regular competitive play, which is what we're about here. Um, and so, yeah, so that's that's all the shout-outs. Now we're on to the episode. Today we're talking about all of the insane things. Let's maybe start with the ban and restriction announcement. Okay. Um, so the first thing is in Popper, which is not as relevant to us, but is relevant to this conversation, uh, they banned a lot of cards. Uh, Gush, Foil, Days, and Gitaxian Probe. Did they unban Gush a few years ago? Is that a thing that happened? Or did they print Gush into common? Or is Gush no, it was originally a common. Okay. I think it's always been a thing. I haven't been paying super close attention to Popper. Okay. Where did they unban Gush? They unbanned it somewhere. Or unrestricted it in Vintage, maybe? Or maybe. maybe. I think I they know. unrestricted it in Vintage at some point. Okay, got it. I don't all right. know. Who knows? Yeah. Okay, so those are all things that happened. Uh, Gitaxian Probe, is it banned and restricted in more formats than any other Phyrexian Mana spell? Or no, Mental Mist Step exists. But then that 
it's not so it is it's banned it's the only card to be like banned in everything and restricted in vintage in a long time because mental misstep is not restricted in vintage okay so yeah so it's it's just the first card in all of those things Wasn't well i mean like ancestral recall is banned yeah, in everything yeah, yeah, restricted yeah, yeah. in vintage but yeah <laughs> uh well no but it's not legal in modern like it wouldn't be legal if sure. it wanted to be so sure. you have there's like a very specific oh it's subset. on the ban list yeah, for yeah, all yeah, these yeah. formats then sure okay yeah I think it might be the only one. I think it might be. Uh, which is crazy. That, to be that on card. printed on the ban list in Modern Legacy. And Vintage. Well, and, and Popper. And Vintage. And, and they're Restricted in Vintage. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations, Gitaxian Probe. <laughs> Apparently, you're just slightly too good, but slightly too good everywhere. Yep. <laughs> uh, free spells are bad for you uh, <laughs> as a Magic player. And actually, that's kind of everything else they banned. Every card they got rid of is a free spell. Yeah. Gush, foil, days, Gitaxian probe. Goodbye, all of you. Yeah. Doesn't, didn't they? Oh, no, it's just think they Gush, Gitaxian probe, and days. And then their statement was that Gush made foil problematic. Yeah. Yep. Sorry. I was wrong. I don't know anything about Popper. People like Popper. Yeah. It's a format that's very popular that doesn't get enough support. You hear it here first. And every other place that has talked about Popper. <laughs> uh, more important to Master of Modern fans and the people that listen to this podcast, uh, there are no changes to Modern. Now, we're in a weird moment where the Pro Tour didn't have any of the new cards in it. The Pro Tour itself had a new mulligan rule that modified the format to being kind of different than a normal would be. War of the Spark came out, which is talked about as being the most powerful set since Urza's block. Um, I think that's a grandiose statement because, like, New Phyrexia came out in between those two moments, mm -hmm. as did Khan's. What Dark set Terror. is Cataxian Probe from? Can you remember? Scars of Mirrodin? <laughs> no, it's New Phyrexia. No, it's, uh, no wait, Urza's set. Urza block. Oh, oh. Yeah. No. Where did Days come out? <laughs> Days is from Nemesis. Okay. So it was no. the, the block after Urza block. Yeah. So, so that's a depowered block, too, right? Ish. It still had some free spells that were yeah, problematic, yeah. like Foil and Gush and Unmask, which is a big legacy one. You yeah, know, Unmask, fair. Land Grant. So two cards from Nemesis got uh, banned, or Nemesis block, which is Mask's block. Yeah, it's Mask's block. Mask's block. Days is from Nemesis. Uh, Gush, I think, is from Mask's. Okay. Don't pr print free spells. Is that <laughs> like speaking of which, we'll get into that later today. But um, so. It, it's and, and Modern Horizons is coming out was kind of the last thing. So we're yeah, like in this there's weird... like super huge shakeups to the modern format. It doesn't make sense to ban anything right now because the shakeups aren't done yet. Right, I we're mean, in like, the middle, like of all the shakeups. Three months ago, two months ago, maybe even a month ago, depending on what date today is and when the Pro Tour was, the entire world was on a let's ban cards out of Phoenix because yeah, of the problematic Faith train, and then. Right now, Faithless Looting hasn't shown up in a top eight or in significant numbers, at least for a while. No, that's and not true. Arclight Phoenix is still putting up results yeah, still with, with basically no War of the Spark cards except maybe a Sahili but in the main or the no side. But it's no longer five, four pieces of it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, there's, there's other decks that are succeeding in part on the backs of War, War of the Spark, Spark cards. Yeah. There's a lot of Karn the Great Creator. Yes, which we'll get into. But so basically, uh, Wizard says 
in a watch list almost. We're, and I'm just going to read the quote. We're aware of some concerns about combos in Modern based around War of the Spark cards, such as Neoform plus Allosaur Rider, uh, Ujin's Conjurant plus Celestial Kirin, and Karn the, Greater, Karn the Great Creator plus Mycosynth Lattice. Um, we've been monitoring the play rates and win rates of these decks and so far don't see cause for alarm. With the release of Modern Horizons and the Mythic Championship 4 right around the corner, we'll continue to observe the evolution of the modern metagame. So... From their perspective, I think it's just too early to really mm -hmm. look at things, which is totally fair and I think correct. The one card combo that they're not talking about is Days Undoing and Narset, and then just Narset and Teferi in general making control much stronger, because Esper control in general has been showing up much stronger finishes since the yeah, Spark was released. Yeah, and I've released. seen like blue-white decks, and Esper by extension, because Esper is basically a blue-white deck with like a handful of black cards, right. but, but um, the blue-white control decks, blue-white-based control decks, I've seen them playing... Up to four Narsets, up to four Teferi, new three mana Teferi, and up to like two Sahili. So right. I've seen like these blue white decks with just like 12 planeswalkers because they're playing like Jason Mind Sculptor Teferi, new Teferi, Narset, Sahili. And there's. And I'm assuming like, some of them are like. Ashiok is still seeing some play on the sideboards, and you have the old Kaya that started seeing play. Yeah, Kaya Orzov Usurper, yeah. I've seen a little bit of. So like. Definitely Esper got the most of, like, the Walker theme added to it, and yeah. all these other ones are getting powerful cards, too. So, it, it definitely, we're in a moment of shakeup. It also is possible just, like, all these decks are awash. I do think, based on results and what I've seen so far, and just the power level and talking about the Karn, Karn the Great Creator seems the most problematic to me of those. I agree with that, and that's because it's colorless. Like, right. they're always aware of when they print, like, an overly powerful colorless card or combination of cards, because you can... Um, just put it into any deck and it can just homogenize the format where like you know every deck that's looking to have four plus mana is just going to be playing Karn the Great Creator right. like he's starting to show up in Amulet Titan decks he's starting to show up in Valakut decks he's starting to show up in um, I mean the original deck is Tron which mm -hmm. makes the most sense because you can you know Get have a ton of mana right. oh but the so the Karn the Karn combo is with Mycosynth Lattice yeah uh, so Karn can find Mycosynth Lattice out of the sideboard and then if Mycosynth Lattice is in play your opponent can't tap their mana, so they're locked out of the game. So as long as they don't have a threat that can attack them, they lose. Right, and all it takes is one sideboard slot dedicated to Mike Synthetis. Right. And then you also get the utility of just having like a Graftigger's Cage in your sideboard, and you have a Walking Bliss in your sideboard. Is and that's done a lot of benefit because it's the like it's like the worst version of Mycosynthletis for decks that can't get to the ten mana or seven mana needed for Mycosynthletis to be pulled yeah. up for the same turn. Yeah, and and you get you know one pithing needle in your sideboard. You just you get a lot of utility out of Karn, but then the fact that you can if you get to six mana just win right um and he's generically fine to play like he makes art if you're playing with any artifacts already he makes them into threats he also shuts down other artifact decks from like but that's not the problem right is problem. yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's I, like that's not the problem really. like if it was just you know big mana artifact decks like tron that were playing karn because now they can turn their like rando artifacts into beaters then that's i mean i guess tron is doesn't really even have any good targets but you know, theoretically, if there were some big, like, Tron that was playing more artifacts, mana rocks and right. stuff, you could be, like, attacking with your... Well, it could also, it could do the, like, old, like, the fair version of what to do with this card is having the old, uh, what's the tap make a, a permanent into an artifact? Liquid Metal Coating? You, liquid I've metal seen coating Liquid Metal Coating out of sideboards with Karn. Yeah. You just have one in your sideboard because you just dedicate one sideboard slot. And it's cheaper than but the problem with Karn is not that he's good in artifact decks. I think that would be fine. The problem is that it's getting to the point where he's good in Every all deck. decks. Yeah. All decks that it can, that can reliably hit four and sometimes can hit six. Right. 
Um, no, no, and, and, and even if you can't hit Mykos and Flattis, a four mana wish card that also presents a threat and then gets you any answer to any deck and matchup you want. Yeah, and like a, is like already problematic, I think. And there you is, add the fact that it also is like a miserable gameplay lockout moment. There is an artifact sideboard card for pretty much every matchup. Right. You know, so... <laughs> So yeah, like Karn just makes is like an amazing main deck card even without like lockout combos, right. but it, you also just have a lockout combo. And so like of the cards listed, I think that's like the first one. The other one is, um, oh, before we move on to that, because I do want to mention this, uh, it's interesting to me that in a Karn mirror matchup, which is just like a serious conversation that happens regularly, the matchup is about who draws the least amount of cards, because if both players have Karn in play with, excuse me, with a Mycosynflatus in play, um, it's just whoever you count your decks and whoever has the least amount of cards. Yeah, or race to Karn. It just depends. Like if you stick a Karn and get Mike's and Thladis, and then on their turn they stick a Karn. Well, now you have to like think about right, whether right, it's right, worth right, playing. Right. But if you if you can just draw the Karn before they do, then you, you get, win. You get to win. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's lame. Oh, I, there yeah, was this a is funny a good gameplay. Like this is this is kind of close to the old Jace days in Coblade and Standard where people started playing baby jace just yeah. because it was a removal spell for their first jace. yeah because back then if it was planeswalkers with the same planeswalker subtype which is just their all the planeswalkers yeah. first name so if there was a jace anywhere on the battlefield uh and somebody well, played yeah, another jace changes. yeah yeah so, yeah there's there's been a few legend rule so changes first, so then, legend but... rules change where it used to be that if you have a legend in play and a legend of that. Well, same. the legends don't matter. We'll, yeah, yeah. We'll if you have simplify. a planeswalker in play and you have a planeswalker that enters play, uh, your opponent plays it of the same name, they both die. Right. So if I have Jace Balaran on turn three and I'm on the draw, um, I go turn three. Now it's your turn four. You play your fourth mana. You play Jace the Mind Sculptor. Both Jaces would die. Yeah. So people were playing like four, three or four Jace Balaran so that you could stick it on the draw before your opponent played Jace the Mind Sculptor so that they would have to And then you would draw a card off waste their... They let you have a card draw engine with Jace Balaran right. in play or play their Jace to kill your Jace and you were up. Right. Mana and and, and it was like a, a matchup without a lot of creatures. So what would often happen is you just minus your Jace Balaran three times to draw three cards. It would die. And then on the turn that it died, that's when you play your Jace Mind Sculptor. <laughs> <laughs> So that's what's happening with Karn. It's relatively miserable gameplay. Uh, yeah, luckily and... your Karn doesn't... Well, kind of luckily your Karn doesn't kill the opponent's Karn, but also not luckily because yeah. <laughs> you run into this situation where it's like, oh, well, now I have a Mike Synthetis and we both just take no game actions. Who has the biggest deck? Yeah. <laughs> I guess that ends it quicker because you can just count your deck you sizes. Gotta, and you gotta, the technology is bored into 61 yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the Karn mirrors. You, you might not be wrong. <laughs> uh... Can you you can do that now, right? That's because you used to not be able. Your sideboard had to be fifteen cards at all times. Uh, yeah. As okay. long as you have, I don't, I don't remember that rule. Everybody just plays sixty fifteen. There is technically rules in place that allow you to sideboard out. Like if you register a sixty one card deck you can have a 14-card sideboard and you can board out one card and not board anything in as long as your sideboard is still only 15. Got it. Okay. Something like that. That's crazy. I, That's weird. I'm, <laughs> I remember that when they announced this as a thing you could do, there were people speculating whether it was better to like play some sideboard cards main and then board them out for nothing sure. or something weird like that. I don't know. I think that's the rule. 
Somebody's going to look it up and tell and me if tell I'm us. right yeah, or not. Tell us Twitter if we're right on how this works. But, but the thing is, it's such a corner case situation because most people are just playing their 60-card the deck with 15 right. sideboard cards. But I believe you can also sideboard in more than you sideboard out as long as when you start your match, there are only 15 cards in your sideboard. You can't like register a 61-card deck, a 15-card sideboard, and board out into 16-card sideboard. You have to have... When you start... Like, when you present your deck, there has to be 15 or less cards in your sideboard. There Ooh. can't be more than that, even if you have a 60-card deck. Got it. Okay. But it's pretty corner case. Everybody just play a 60-card deck with a 15-card sideboard, please. Yeah, they, 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 <laughs> it's not good advice. Uh, the, <laughs> next, the next card to talk about is the Allosaur Rider and... Cold Snap cards. Uh... Neoform, sorry. Regular listeners will know the way I feel about cold so, yeah, snap you, cards because I ranted about it last. New, oh, you ranted it last time. I ranted okay. about it last time with Ben. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So if you want to hear about why Michael thinks that cold snap is the worst thing ever created, go cold to snaps a net negative for Magic episode. as a whole. If cold snap, <laughs> if if Thanos snapped cold snap out of existence, all cold snap cards disappeared. You'd be uh, happy. It would be good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you think cold snap is more of a net negative on the modern than eighth edition, or is eighth edition worse? Eighth slash ninth. Uh, well, eighth, eighth and ninth are pretty bad. But part of it is that those cards get to still be legal. Like a lot of cold snaps, big offenders are like not legal, or a piece of their combo is not legal. Like sure. dark depths is banned. That's a big net negative, I think. And then you have. Uh, well, I, think you, I think you can include counterbalance and top. Top is banned, luckily. But like counterbalance is a card that probably should never have been printed. Yep. I also am not a fan of Allosaurus Rider. I'm also not a fan of Mishra's Bauble. Is Allosaurus Rider I think another free we'd card? be better off if Mishra's Bauble... Yeah, Allosaurus Rider is a free card. And mm. Mishra's Bauble, which I'm not a fan of. I mean, Actually, I get it. It's probably not unhealthy for the format. But honestly, Mishra's Bauble could just stop existing. I'd be fine with that. It's well, a free cantrip. Yeah. We just talked about a free cantrip that got banned everywhere. And it lets you look at the top card of your opponent's library. And Delirium. That's, Trigger. That's pretty close Off to a Gataxian yeah. Probe. Yeah. But it's a little bit worse, so it doesn't get the axe. But I'm not, you're off of it. I'm not a fan of Mishra's okay. Bubble. Okay. It's on thin ice with me. Uh, so Neoform and Allosaurus Rider, who, people who don't know what they do. So Neoform is blue and a green. You can sacrifice a creature and get a creature into play that is one bigger. Plus, it gets a plus one, plus one counter. So it's like a birthing pot on a, on a, on a spell. Allosaurus Rider is seven mana for a 4-4. Four, four. No, it has power and toughness equal the number of lands you control, okay. I, I believe. I'm looking it up to get the exact wording so I don't mess this up. Uh, it has power and toughness equal the number of lands you control, uh, which is to you know mean if you put it into play on turn one, it's usually not good. And then uh, you can exile two green cards from your hand instead yep. of paying its mana cost. So then you just have, like, if you do this on turn two, you're like, haha, check out my tutu. But uh, it is a seven drop, so you can neoform it into a Grizzle Brand. Yes. And then you uh, have a Grizzle Brand on turn one, and then win because the deck is playing. So there's the Grizzle Band decks have been around for a while, but basically the combination of really big green creatures and um, the green shoal. So we have the blue shoal behind me uh, that lets you exile a card of the same color to F pay for the X cost, basically. So you basically gain... Another free card. <laughs> yeah, another free card. You gain 15 life off of it exiling... Yeah, you exile like dude. a world spine worm or an autocton worm or something. Yeah, so think, one of these like 11 plus drop creatures. Right. And then so you gain that much life, which then so you draw that many cards off of Grizzlebrand that generally includes another one of the shoals plus another one of these giant green creatures that keep going it. So you draw your whole deck and then you can kill them with lightning. I don't remember how the Neoform decks are killing... 
It uh, was the lightning storm, right? Yeah, the there's like storm. a few different ways to kill. You can kill with lightning storm. So the Goryo's Vengeance decks usually kill with Grizzle uh, with re- uh, putting Borborygmos into play. Um, that's like the old version of this deck was using Goryo's Vengeance. But the thing about Goryo's, they were playing Goryo's Vengeance and Through the Breach, and those decks are still around actually, yeah, and yeah. they're now playing Ilharg too. Um, but those decks don't, they have to use the graveyard for one thing. And they're a little bit slower because you have to like discard and then reanimate. So like there's a few more moving pieces as opposed to Neoform where you just have to like put Allosaurus Rider into play and Neoform it for well, two mana. And, and and you add to the effect, the fact that you have a graveyard interaction where everyone's playing main deck surgical extraction. So like there's right. way more ways exactly, to Exactly, yeah, because you use your graveyard. Decks. That's one of the reasons they're playing Ilharg is because he is an alternative to having yeah. to use the Yeah, because you can just play him for five, but he also, you can do the whole reanimator right. thing with him or through the breach him or, you know, you, like he synergizes with everything you're doing and also you can just play him for five mana and be like, all right, here's a giant... Kill my pig. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so Lightning Storm, which is a weird card. Which set is this from? Which set is... Uh... Oh, I believe it's from Cold Snap. Yeah, it's from Cold Snap. Uh, red, red, colorless, instant. Uh, Lightning Storm deals X damage to target creature or player where X is three plus the number of charge counters on it. You can... One, you cast it. It's an instant. Discard a land card to put two charge counters on Lightning Storm. You may choose a new target for it and any player may play this ability, but only if Lightning Storm is on the stack. Uh, this card has a lot of words that are dumb on it, and but basically it allows you to discard lands to multiply this that are dumb. Uh, to be basically lethal. So, so it looks like these decks, um, the Neoform decks are playing, they're not playing Lightning Storm, they're playing Barbering with Enraged, which you can also just put into play off of Neoforming and Allosaurus Rider once you've drawn your whole deck. Oh, sure. Okay. Or, because he is also an 8-drop. And he allows you to throw lands for three damage. They're also playing one Seismic Assault, which you can cast using Simeon Spirit Guides. Got is it. at least this particular that victory condition on. in okay. this list. So there's a bunch of different ways to kill people that don't use the Graveyard, which is really the most relevant thing to this yeah. point. But it allows you to, through using Manamorphose and Simeon Spirit Guide, win on turn one. Yeah. So on turn one, you cast Simeon Spirit Guide, plus play a land. And these decks are playing like uh, Summoner's Pacts to find Allosaurus Riders or Spirit Guides or whatever piece you're missing. And then um, they're playing like Serum Visions and... And other ways to just tutor for stuff. But basically, if you have a Neoform in your hand, you are very likely to win on turn two or one. Or two for sure, and then one is possible. Oh, they're playing Chancellor of the Tangle? Yes, so you get the extra mana. Oh, so yeah, that's one of my great specs of all time. We haven't talked about this on the podcast yet. So I bought... So Travis Wu, uh, who is problematic for all the different reasons, uh, five years ago did a Charbelcher list that I think also Corbin Hauser did deck techs on. Um, okay. That was basically using four out, four four Chancellor of the Tangle, which is a ley line effect. If it's in your opening hand, you can reveal it to make one green mana. Uh, and was playing four Simeon Spirit Guide and some other ways to get mana for free into play on turn one enough to be able to get a Char Bel- Goblin Charbelcher out into the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Goblin Charbelcher, if you have no lands in your deck or minimal of them, can kill your opponent by being in play. Uh, this is a legacy deck that they were trying to port into modern. But when they, like, two people posted videos about it, and then uh, Chancellor of the Tangle at the time was like 25 cents. And so I bought 30, 25 cents Chancellor of the Tangles. How long ago was this? Five years ago. Okay. <laughs> so I've just, like, every time I go through cards to find cards for the last five years, I would just eventually hit the Chancellor of the Tangle pocket that would just have, like, 
20 foils and 30 con- like non-foils and just like well this card is never going to be worth anything and then move past it uh finally they're worth like six bucks now so <laughs> do you sell out not yet i haven't, I haven't had an opportunity to get somewhere to sell out but super excited chancellor of the tangle is making yeah it's it also just like a big uh, green dude that you can exile a with. big green dude that you can exile he's yeah. a seven drop right so you he is a seven cards worth of life which is all that matters yeah yeah, so that's the and like that's the point. Allosaurus Rider is also that like they've added a bunch of these big green creatures that lets you do this that also lets you turbo out a turn one win. So, uh, and Metamorphose yeah. can be cast. Oh, off there are some of these that are playing and... Lightning Storms too. Yeah. Now I'm looking at Neo brand lists to see like interesting differences. We should move on a little yes. bit probably. But uh, yeah, so this is a deck that Wizards is keeping their eye on because it kills very fast. It's not incredibly consistent. Like it's not the type of thing that's putting up like tons of tournament results, but it's just one of those decks that's like so fast that and having to tune your access. deck to beat this deck is just like not really realistic. Feasible. Yeah. yeah, it's not it's not realistic to tune your deck to beat this but also beat you know everything else that's going on in the format because they're just turn oneing you and like what do you you know yeah, how do you beat i mean like you'd have to play yeah it's hard i mean now there are new tools being added to the format that help with them we'll get into some of the modern horizons conversation um and i think today's episode because this section is taking as long as it will will be a little bit about which new cards might help in these situations we'll do greater modern horizons reacts uh, as full episodes later on um but yeah, the fact that this is, it's kind of like the Amulet Titan decks when they had the ban cards out of it originally, where that problem was that the problem with that deck is it wasn't really winning on turn two that often. And in fact, the result. Unless you were winning, stacking the top seven yeah. cards of your library. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the results where it was winning that often on turn two were skewed because the main person doing that regularly was. Yeah, the uh, guy who, who top aided the GP with it. Yeah. Uh, so ignoring that result but it was infrequently enough warning on a turn that just the format is not structured to be able to defend against partially because there's no force of will there's no days there's no early interaction that is generically good and so no one was playing with ways to really interact with those combos and wizards has expressed that they would like modern to be a turn four format now it's really a turn three and a half format i think is a safer way to put it sure they've allowed it to be but even with that in mind a turn one turn two deck is something that's just the format i don't think is built to really withstand very easily yeah even if it's not incredibly consistent um and then the third combo that they mentioned before we get into the blue white one is the uh ugin's conjuring combo which hasn't put up a lot of results but it is so celestial kieran is a card that was printed in kamigawa Saviors of Kamigawa. Saviors of Kamigawa. One of the worst sets in modern, probably. But it has a lot of expensive cards because it yep. was so bad nobody bought it. But. Um, <laughs> two white, white, Celestial Kirin. It is a legendary creature, Kirin Spirit. It is a 3 3, flying. Whenever you play a spirit or arcane spell, destroy all permanents with that spell's giver and mana cost. The key thing is it's just permanence. It's not yeah. non land permanence. So up to this point, there has not been a spirit that you could cast for free. <laughs> well, I mean, but not with converted mana cost yeah, zero yeah. is the key right? right even if you're like Cheating you know cascading into a spell queller with blood braid elf which sounds terrible i'm just you have to <laughs> exile your own blood braid elf it'd be pretty sad but you know for <laughs> if you were cascading into spell queller with blood braid elf for some reason uh in your four color weird deck uh it it's still converted mana cost three even if you're not paying mana co- mana right. for it so ujin's conjurant it, it so people get it is an x cost colorless spirit monk it's ugin's signature card from 
uh, War of the Spark. Uh, it is a Spirit Monk 0 0. Ugin's Conjurant enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it. If you damage would be dealt to Ugin's Conjurant while it has a plus one plus one counter on it, prevent that damage and remove that many plus one plus one counters from Ugin's Conjurant. None of that matters. The main fact is that it is basically a X spell that you can with. Celestial Kieran in play, cast for zero, blowing up all lands in play. Yeah. Effectively being it just comes in as zero zero and dies, but uh, you blow up all lands. And you have a three three flyer in play. And realistically, with Ugin's Conjuring, you can also blow up all one drops yes. against humans or two drops it's or a, something like that. Like you can. Um, it, it's like build your own engineered explosives, right. except you can also use it to blow up all lands for zero. Yes. So. <laughs> This hasn't really shown up, and I think this is partially because of what we just discussed. The last two combos and the third thing, we'll t- the fourth thing we'll talk about, are all so powerful and that this like small little combo hasn't really shown anything. The one thing that this does have going for it is that Spirit Tribal is a deck in Modern and yeah. has been, so it has a deck that it can very easily conveniently slide into. Both of these cards are pretty decent with the cards that are in that in general, regardless. I mean, Ugin's Conjuring is, like, pretty below rate, and the Kirin can hose you. Like, especially in an Aether Vial deck like Spirits, you're playing, like, a high density of, like, two and three drops. Cast. Okay. It's a high density of two and three drops. So if you're, like, if you have two two drops on board, you have a Supreme Phantom and a... And a rattle chains on board, and you have net. Then you play Kieran, and then you have another two drop. You're like, hmm. <laughs> yes, no, no. I, it's definitely not the best fit. But both of those cards like are fine in that deck, and yeah. are taking a benefit of things that that deck is doing. And it has a powerful effect. And that powerful effect, I think, is worth maybe losing some of the nombos that exist. Yeah, and I've seen some like all in, more all in, like Kieran, Kieran decks that Kieran aren't decks taking too, yeah. spirits. And like those are the ones that I think are not putting up results. But it's like it is a combo that people are experimenting with that you know is very powerful and uninteractive in that you blow up your opponent's lands and they can't do anything anymore. Right. <laughs> so of the cards that we've just talked about, which one of them? Before we get into the control conversation which cards do you think are really presenting the problem? And if there was a ban that was going to happen on these cards, because that's what we're talking and that's what was... I think Karn being colorless and just, like, we could enter we could enter a world where, like, everybody is either, like, a super fast deck, but every deck that is looking to hit four mana that isn't, like, a super fast it's deck Karn. is just playing Karn. Yeah. Like, humans and Phoenix and, like, these decks that are looking to operate off of two, three lands, Karn isn't good there. Right. But... Every deck that's looking to hit four mana just needs to be playing Karn the Great Creator because of its flexibility. It's almost happened already. I've even seen Esper Control decks that are starting to play Karn. Yeah, so I think that that's unhealthy. The Neoform combo is pretty inconsistent, and like we've seen people be like, you know, Grishal Brand is a turn two deck. Why is this still allowed? And like, so is Neoform, but because neither of them are putting up like big results, they're both kind of just like Magic Online bogeymen where like sometimes you play against them and you get the, they get the nut draw and you just die. Um, but they're not like putting up results at at big events. No, there haven't been that many big because events they're start showing because they're inconsistent. This, but... Well, that's true. But yeah. like you know the at the the Magic Online like you know um, competitive like the Magic Online competitive events mm-hmm. and the there was a Star City Classic I want to say and like neither of those decks top eight. I think maybe Grishol Brand did like the the graveyard one the yeah the Gorio's Vengeance yeah. version. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, that deck's been around for a while. Neoform, like, doesn't use the graveyard, so it's harder to disrupt. But it also, like, is inconsistent. Mm-hmm. And 
I, I, the thing that I would imagine those decks, I think if it is a problem, Allosaurus Rider is the card that goes away. Like, yeah, probably. It's like it's a free card. No one was playing it beforehand. Grishel Brand decks don't go it's away. It's from Cold Snap. I mean, like, it's really just got a lot yeah. of bad stuff going on. <laughs> um, Neoform is, like, really cool in other decks that it could be doing stuff in. So I don't think that, and it's a new card that's exciting. Yeah. Um, Grizzle Brand, I think, is one of those cards that just like will always be used in decks that are broken, but is not inherently in itself. Yeah, it's like, a, a, Grizzle Brand is a thing. cool card. Yeah, um, and none of the other cards I think really shout out to me is something that needs to go away. Yeah, I think it'd be Allosaurus Rider if they were going to ban anything yeah. out of that deck. But uh, I again, I think it's inconsistent enough that like Summoner's Pack being banned in a universe, but I don't think that is what people they are gonna. Care. People are going to like play this deck, and if it's really inconsistent, then people are just going to start dropping it, and it's going to be another fringy type sure. thing that you see every once in a while spike a tournament because somebody got really lucky like Grishel Brand, but it's not. I don't think that it's like a huge problem yet. Problem yet. Yeah. It, it could be that the deck is more consistent, or people tune it's, it to the point where it's more consistent. Well, like, so, like Amulet Titan, for instance, was what you just described for ever in mm -hmm. fact when it became a big deal it wasn't a big deal because a new card was printed into it or anything it was just that someone at the caliber of i think it was sam black and his roommate justin am i correct with those i think that sounds right um, yeah i forget justin's last name but uh they both took it to a pro tour top aided with it and then that was like half the finals and it had more to do with good players needed to pick it up in a well, way and, that supported and it. Tuning, and tuning you know like getting all the numbers right is is going to be something with these really inconsistent combo decks where like getting all the numbers right and playing the right number of cantrips playing the right number of combo pieces sideboarding correctly like all these things are going to make it so that your win rate's going to go way up you know because you're going to find your combo that much more consistently you're going to be able to execute it and, and the pro through hate especially into modern has a little bit of a thick head i've noticed sometimes where like for instance there'll be tournaments where Merfolk might be the right choice and then that wins the gp but everyone kind of talks crap about it ahead of time because they just don't think it's a real deck and they haven't seen anyone that they take seriously playing that deck and it took you someone, think there's a lot of inertia in modern right i think there's a lot of inertia and a lot of just being like the this looks like a pile of cards that looks bad and until someone actually does something significant with it i'm not going to give waste my time trying to figure it out when I don't have enough time to test modern because it's the second tier format that I pay attention to. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, that's what happened with amulet. That's what happened with, um, lantern, same kind of deal. Yeah. That deck was on the fringe and then Zach Elsick won a GP with it. Yeah. And top 16 the week before that. So well, like, he also like created the deck, like a mad scientist in his basement. <laughs> and then like, you know, uh, nobody even knew that that was something you, you could do. <laughs> well, I, I remember. So we topped 16 with it and we had him on to deck tech the deck yeah. on the podcast. And the entire time we were just like, so what are these decks bad matchups? Like there are none. <laughs> I beat everything. This deck is like just the new best. And we're like, okay, sure, buddy. <laughs> and then literally like a week later, he wins the GP. And we're like, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. guess it had no bad matchups. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, and then, so that's that's Celestial Kieran, which I think is odd. And then we get Celestial Kieran, which I think is just fine. I think it's that card is going to be fine in modern, and we're not yeah. at a point where it's going to be problematic. Uh, fourth conversation is the control decks and just the combination of Narset plus Teferi. Like they just got so many tools in these Planeswalkers in a deck that already wanted to take advantage of Planeswalkers. Um, yeah, and Teferi is like such a huge player in standard. It's interesting to me that the only deck playing it is just like the blue white control deck that is just more than willing to jam another Planeswalker yeah. with. The, you know, named Teferi. 
but it feels like that there's a lot more that can be done with it. I mean, there's a lot of standard decks that, like, for one thing, are playing no sorceries, uh, and they'll just jam to fairy, even mm-hmm. though, like, that text isn't even relevant. It's the static ability and the ability to bounce stuff. Uh, and then there's, like, decks that are splashing white or splashing blue. There's, like, green-white decks where, like, Teferi's the only blue card, and then maybe, like, Dovin's Veto in the sideboard or something. Sure. Or there's, like... This isn't standard. This isn't standard, I'm saying. I'm I, I'm talking about Teferi's impact on standard. Yeah, and yeah. there's, like, you know, there's, there's all these decks that are go- bending over backwards to make sure that they can play this card because of its huge impact. And that makes me think that maybe it's being slept on a little bit in modern. And That's- people are just slotting into blue-white control because it's easy, but maybe there are some new you know, Bant decks that want to play Teferi right. with Noble Hierarch or something because he's good with creatures because you can bounce your own value creatures to get, you know, you can bounce your Snapcaster to replay it. You bounce your Snapcaster, draw a card, replay it. You know, in standard, people are, like, bouncing frilled, their own Frilled Mystic or their own Fibble Fip with Teferi mm-hmm. to, like, get value. And I feel like there's something there in Modern, and it gives you a lot of combo protection because, like, your opponent's are kind of limited by Teferi's static right. ability. Well, and, and he even combos with cards, right? There's a few cards. Uh, Knowledge Pool is the one that's coming to mind, but, mm-hmm. um, which is, I have seen lists, though I don't know if they've done anything, uh, where they're playing three, they're playing this Teferi and Karn, and then Karn finds Knowledge Pool or Mycosynthletis to lock them out. Knowledge Pool has the same mana cost as Mycosynthletis. Why would you just... To get them in the, I don't know. This is I have not done well. These are just things that I've seen people. <laughs> yeah, play. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and he protects your combo too. Yeah. So if that's the reason I'm thinking like a Bant deck, like if you're Bant Nightfall or something with the combo, if you have a Teferi out, you can like use it to get value in the early game, and then when you're going off, there's nothing your opponent can do to stop right, you. Right, right, right. You just you have freedom to do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and the reason for this is that Teferi says that your opponents can't cast. We have to name what cards do, right, yeah, for right, podcast right, listeners. Right, right, right. Uh, Teferi, <laughs> Teferi Time Raveler is the three mana Planeswalker. starts with three loyalty. Uh, plus one, you can... Cast the next sorcery you cast, you could cast anytime you cast an instant. Uh, until your next, next turn. It's not in general? It's the next one until your next, okay. ne- next turn. Until your next turn, the next sorcery you cast, uh, you can cast as though... Uh, it had flash mm-hmm. and then he has minus three return target artifact enchantment or creature to its owner's hand draw a card oh maybe he starts at four loyalty then because you can minus three and keep him alive at one yeah it starts at four so it's plus okay. one until your next turn you may cast sorcery spells as though they had flash it's all sorcery spells. and then the it's not just your next one. Oh, cool it's okay a, yeah it's so all it's, it's teferi time reveler one blue white legendary planeswalker teferi its static ability is each opponent can cast spells only any time they could cast a sorcery it's plus one is until your next turn you may cast sorcery spells as though they had flash it's minus three is return up to one target artifact creature or enchantment to its owner's hand draw a card comes in for loyalty right so the plus one is the least relevant ability but it's not irrelevant i mean it allows you to like you know uh like thoughts ease your opponent on their draw step or you can like you know wait for them to like play out more creatures and then wrath on their end step or wrath on their attack step or something like it allows you to do some cute stuff with that ability and i think that's one of the reasons people are playing it in these control decks because it allows them to like serum visions on their opponent's end step to like hold up cryptic better like it it gives you the plus gives you like little control deck edges but the other two abilities i just feel like are good in a lot of situations that a control deck is not taking as much advantage of. I mean, it even means that like uh, your opponent uh, can't counter your counter spells. Like it just turns all your counter spells into uncounterable because they can't respond to what you're doing. Well, and and like a mana war on a base ability is like already a thing that has been, that is like borderline playable. And pretty much anytime they give a mana war, 
a extra bump up in power level it's done something if not a lot in modern and so that like teferi is that plus like 12 other abilities including the ability to mana war multiple times including bouncing your own creatures and you draw a card off of it and it gets not only creatures but enchantments and artifacts and like there's just so many additional pieces to that text yeah just like you know playing arena and seeing how much teferi is affecting standard it really feels like there is more to teferi in modern than just another planeswalker for the blue white deck right to like have in its planeswalker rotation um, and then the other card that is making a really big difference immediately is Narset. Um, yeah, she's also mostly showing up in the blue white control decks. Although you mentioned the uh, the Conley Woods brew with the like days undoing notion thief Narset, try and like just get your wheel yourself drawing seven cards, then your opponent draws zero. Yeah, and it plays <laughs> lore broker. It's just like a two mana O two that taps each player draws a card, each player discards a card. So okay. if you have Narset out. You just use it on your opponent's end step once they've already drawn, and then they just discard a card. They just discard a card, and, and you, you draw, draw and discard. discard. <laughs> yeah. uh, so Narset Part of Veils is one blue-blue legendary Planeswalker Narset. Each opponent can't draw more than one card each turn. Minus two, look at the top four cards of your library. You may reveal a non-creature, non-land card from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Yeah, so you get two... Five loyalty. You get two as Canta the Sunken Ruin activations, which is great really for good. a single... <laughs> for, for only three mana. Uh, and then, yeah, the players can't draw more than one card, like, hoses other control decks. Or, if you're really taking advantage of, the, of it the way Conley Woods does, you can, like, use Days Undoing to make them shuffle their hand into their library. Blue, each player uh, shuffles their hand in Graveyard into their library and draws seven cards. Uh, exile Days Undoing and then end the turn, if it's your turn. Yep. Sorcery. Yeah, so you can, like, play Narset and then minus, find some stuff, and then the next turn you can Days Undoing to, you know, each player shuffles their hand into their library, your opponent draws one card, and you draw seven. Yep. Which seems pretty okay. Yeah. He's also playing Boomerangs in the deck, so you can, like, end step Boomerang their creature, and then untap Days Undoing, and then shuffle it, and, like, you know, you can Boomerang lands in the early game to make sure that you're not dying. (laughs) and, And, you know, we were talking about Teferi, like, there's a reason I think even to like a deck like that playing new Teferi is really good. And it's kind of what the control decks are doing because you can use Teferi to be that boomerang effect to then on your turn wheel or plus Teferi and then do the wheel effect at the end of your opponent's turn at the end of their right, turn. Right. So then you get to play your seven cards first. So you can then like set up Narset days undoing again or something, right. or you can like, you know, yeah. Getting to use your seven cards first is really valuable, which is the reason that, Days Undoing isn't just as good as Time Twister because, right. like, it has exactly the same text as Time Twister. All it does is exiles itself and ends the turn if it's your turn when you cast it. But that's such a huge deal because you're giving your opponent seven cards that they get to use them first. Mm-hmm. But if you get to use your cards first, now it becomes a busted card. Yeah, or prevent them from drawing them. So yeah, like now it becomes a power nine. <laughs> which is why, yeah, Days Undoing became a much more expensive card yeah. overnight once War of the Spark was printed. So War of the Spark has been a really powerful effect on the format. And these are just like for the decks. So we can go deeper. And there's just like a bunch of cards that saw play. And yeah, there's like a little bit of Spark just to like. A little bit of Vivian getting played yep. in, in some of these like collected company style decks as like a cool control hoser slash card advantage engine. There's like a little bit of well, yeah, I mean, Sahili getting played here and there. Uh, not Mobile District. Blasting Zone has been a huge addition to the format. A bunch yeah. of decks have started playing Blasting Stones. I think Mobile District is being slept on. Like I think the fact that it's an artifact creature, a 3-3, that you can sometimes have just available for free, especially out of these control decks. I think the biggest issue with these control decks right now is how many colorless mana sources can they 
play with. I mean, that's like, I think there's a poll going on right now. And right now that Sam Black, I think again, posted that like it comes down to two out of three are like how many you can really get away with. Um, we talked about Ugin's Conjurant, going very quickly through all these cards. There's a lot of good stuff in this set, yeah. but let's let's touch on uh, on what everybody's excited about. Yeah, the new Modern Horizons. Harness, Modern Horizons. We we did a little recap of war, how War of the Spark has affected the format. Yep, but that's old news. It's, what's I know, the it's new crazy news? How that's already old news. What's what's the new news? Well, it, because the format was so impactful, it made your guys' set review go over. So we're like a little behind on yep, assessing on its like assessing actual impact. You, uh, the set review mythic. was so long. Spoiler. New yeah, news so, in order. So, so I guess the first conversation to have, and it's really relevant to what we were talking about because Modern has gotten such a huge power level boost and is going to be getting an additional one with this set. Mm-hmm. But at the same time. We now have a Force of Well variant, Force of Negation, which is... Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing to touch on, especially because a lot of these decks are, like, looking to combo you with Days Undoing, or they're looking to combo right. you with Neoform, or they're looking to combo you with Karn the Great Creator, and, slash Mycosynthatis. And any of these cards... All these cards that we mentioned are non-creature artifacts, although I guess if somebody's Ugin's Conjuring all your lands, those are both creatures, but... But a lot of them are non-creature. <laughs> the, of the four things we talked about, it was the worst one. <laughs> They're all non-creature spells that your opponent is playing on their own turn. So for people that don't know, Force of Negation is blue-blue. Uh, one instant, if it's not your turn, you may exile a blue card from your hand rather than pay its spell's mana cost. And then the effect is counter-target non-creature spell. If that spell is countered this way, exile it instead of putting it into its owner's graveyard. Um... So obviously you can't get creatures, which is a big deal. But I think in modern right now, that doesn't like the point of this card and the why it's the reason it's exciting is that like modern is so much more on the axis where creatures are not the thing you're worried about. Um, and this being added to the format makes me really want to look at different creature decks. Humans being obviously the best aggressive creature deck, I think. But then you even have stuff like just scape shift decks that are just trying to get a Titan into play. Um, like if you're being prepared to be able to stop their scape shift or something they're doing with counter magic with this card and they just play primeval titan and this is your main answer to it it makes it a lot harder yeah that's the thing is like it's not clear if this is going to be a huge main deck card or if it's going to be a sideboard card and there's like a lot of debates uh amongst magic players on the internet um about whether yeah this is going to be something that you main deck and in what decks do you main deck it and what decks do you not mm-hmm. because like you know the the getting two for oneing yourself to counter a spell is definitely a real cost but in some matchups it just wins the game right. like if you just counter their neoform they they basically discarded their entire hand to put allosaurus rider into play and neoform it you counter the neoform they sacrifice their allosaurus rider they have nothing you just yeah. win yeah yeah you two for one yourself kind of but you like eight for one of them <laughs> or or if they're you know if they're amulet titan and they like play amulet on turn one and you like force a negation that maybe now their game plan like it takes them a while to get back on their feet and right. that wins you the game right but like you know like you said maybe they also just play primeval titan and you die right so or they have a second amulet well, or I they play turn one ancient stirrings and get an amulet like put it making you in a situation where it's not a catch-all to everything is more interesting than force of will yeah, would have been like, for I, sure I, I'm, I'm very appreciative that this card exists um and it also is built in a way that makes it so you can't use it on your turn to protect your own shenanigans right so it's not like a boon for these combo decks like it's not like the the um 
days or force of will protecting what you're doing to stop your opponent. This is much more of yeah. a, this stops opponents from doing the, the aggressive things they're doing on their turn. This does give a weird boon to ad nauseum because I believe ad nauseum can do everything at instant speed. Yeah, they can go off on their opponent's turn. So that that is one thing interesting about the card is you if you're a combo deck that's going off on your opponent's turn, you can protect your combo with this. Mm -hmm. The problem is ad nauseum probably isn't playing enough blue cards for this to be good. Fair. Uh, it's playing the Serum Visions opt combo, isn't it? It's playing it's Serum Visions time. and Sleight of Hand, I think, usually. Maybe, yeah. But that's, like, the only blue cards in the deck. So, yeah. I guess they would have to increase their blue card count. Which yeah, like... They can, because it's a deck that's really streamlined. You know, if you are a combo deck looking to go off on your opponent's turn, maybe you're a combo deck playing Teferi Time Raveler to make your Sorceries instance. <laughs> then then you can protect your combo with this. Or you can quicken your scape shift and then, you know. So so continuing down the run of uh, blue counter spells, because we might as well just get these out of the way. Flusterstorm was added. It's the buy a box promo, so it's not in the set itself. Um, counter target instant or sorcery spell unless his controller pays one, and it has storm, so it can do that a lot. Uh, at bare minimum, this is always a hard to counter spell pierce. Um, yeah, because it 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 will count the spell that's being cast that it's countering in itself in its storm count. Right, but um, it only counters instants and sorceries, versus not planeswalkers. Yes, you can't counter or artifacts. So or... this is an interesting one. I don't know if this sees that much play. I think as a sideboard card, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, it gets played and... as a sideboard yeah, card yeah, in yeah. Legacy already. I think it's often worse than spell pierce, especially because With the walker decks we were just talking about. Well, and especially because storm isn't as big of a player, I feel, mm -hmm. as it is in Legacy. But it's good against any combo deck. Any deck that's looking to like play, a, and most combo decks are looking to play multiple spells in one turn, right? Sure. And so that's when you get the storm count up, and you can use this to like, you know, counter a key spell. It doesn't have to be storm combo, even like Grishel Brand or whatever the the Gorio's Vengeance one, where they're like Faithless Looting discard into you know Gorio's Vengeance. Well, now you get three copies of this, so right. they need three extra mana because they like cast multiple spells in one turn. So this is good against most combo decks. It's I don't think it's like way better than Spell Pierce, but there are definitely situations where it's good. Yeah. Spell Pierce being able to counter a lot of these, you know, Narsets or Teferis or like being able to counter Planeswalkers is a big game. Being able to counter Mikes and Vladis with Spell Pierce is, might become a bigger right. game in the future. Or Karn the Great Creator. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff that this doesn't hit. There's a lot to non-creature spells other than instants and sorceries. Keep going. Uh, <laughs> All right, so next card. Uh, do, 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 on the counter spell train, exclude, which is a two and a blue counter target creature spell draw a card instant. This is kind of a little bit the opposite of force negation. I don't I don't know. I mean, it's a cool reprint. It's Let's gonna be just great talk about stuff we're really excited about. Okay, fine. We don't have a lot Back of time. Of You're going to do a big set, set review with Ben, probably. <laughs> Maybe I'll be there at some point. And we'll go over all the cards in their fringe applications. But let's. what are we really excited about? I'm really excited about Factor Fiction. That's a sweet card. You like get to draw a bunch of cards. It's a three and a blue instant. Reveal the top five cards of your library. An opponent separates those cards into two piles. Put one pile into your hand and the other into your graveyard. So you get to pick. You get the final say. That's the difference between this and like other cards that they print that are similar. Because they print, they've printed... This is a very popular and famously powerful and popular card mm -hmm. and so they've printed from a lot pre -modern, of from, from pre-modern from invasion and so they've printed a lot of fixed versions of it or variants on this effect but almost all of them let your opponent decide which pile you're getting or are in some way significantly worse than exactly the wording on this card right it's it's the fact that like 
you know, your opponent makes the piles, and if they go four in one pile and one, you get to pick. You can pick the one, right? right? If that's the card you need, if that's the path to exile that kills their lethal threat, you get the final say. So you're only drawing one card, but you're drawing exactly the card you need out of five cards, and most of the time you're getting more cards. And sometimes you already have the path to exile in hand when you cast this. Your opponent puts the path to exile by itself, and you're like, I'll take four, four cards. cards. Yeah. Gotcha. You know, um, <laughs> it's, it's like such so good at mind games and playing with people that like, it also is, you know, pros really like the card because it lets them capitalize on their skill at the peak level on both yeah. ends of the spectrum. So it's, it's really going to be, it's, it's definitely a fun card to be added to the format. It rewards really knowledge of the format and knowledge of matchups for sure. Uh, it being a four mana is a little bit rough given that we are talking about the speed of modern right now. Yeah. So it's like pe- people probably aren't going to play a ton of these. Maybe blue white control will play like a couple. Right. I am currently working on a teamer wilderness reclamation deck uh, that I will be playing it in. Because it's pretty sweet. Yeah. Learner's Reclamation. When you have a lot of mana. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Next exciting card. I don't want to talk too much about it because Ben's going to come on this podcast at at some point in the future and going to freak out about it. But Urza Lord High Artificer. uh, This is a card that is two blue, blue, legendary creature, human artificer. When Urza Lord High Artificer enters the battlefield, create a zero, zero colors construct artifact creature token with this creature gets plus one, plus one for each artifact you control. So already you're getting value. And then, uh, Tap an untapped artifact you control to add one blue. So it's uh, a variant on Ben's favorite card, Grand Architect. And then five mana, shuffle your library, then exile the top card. Until end of turn, you may play that card without paying its mana cost. Um, This goes infinite in a bunch of different ways. It's really dope. Like People are already talking about being banned in Commander as a Commander after a certain while because it's just going to be that powerful. Uh, The most obvious one is that with uh, Thopter Sword combo, uh, he goes infinite, you get infinite mana off of it, and you get infinite thopters, and you get infinite life, and you can play every single card in your library. Um, yep. And if you can't win after that, then you're playing magic incorrectly. <laughs> uh, beyond that, though, he's just like a very good value creature, because he does come down, even if they remove him, you get the one mana, one, one, or the, the, the one one artifact creature on the side. Um, he is a lot of what Grand and Architect... that one one artifact creature taps for a mana immediately too, right? Yeah, correct. So yeah, because to... it doesn't, he's his ability isn't affected by summoning sickness because it's just tap. So and if you have five blah, blah, mana blah, blah. and you play that, or if you have another artifact in play, you have counter magic open. The mana doesn't have to be spent on artifact creatures. Grand yeah. Architect has that rider, I believe. Correct. Yeah. Uh, and then the last piece is one of the issues with Grand Architect classically is. There are a bunch of ways you can go infinite mana with it, but then what do you do with that mana? Uh, Urza has that on the card. Yeah. Once you have infinite mana, you can just play every card in your deck. Even if you make an absorbent amount of mana, you start just getting free spells into play. Yeah, and he's got like little cute references to you know former Urza cards like Tolarian Academy. His his ability kind of echoes Tolarian Academy, and then Temporal Aperture is the other one right. from Urza's Saga. Oh, and then he, and Karn is the first one. <laughs> yeah, it, this is looking like a very time-spirally set, which is really awesome. Um, I believe that the pitch meeting for the set was literally a time-spiral two. Yeah, right. When but as a supplemental hackathon. set, uh, where, you know, it's like a Masters, in the Masters set slot, where it's targeting more enfranchised players, and it's not just like a standard set. Right. So uh, I think Giver of Runes is another really exciting one. It's a callback to popular legacy card mother of runes uh Cormom, i'm on all about it it's a one mana one two cost one white tap 
Another target creature you control gains protection from colorless or from the color of your choice until end of turn. Key part there is that it's another target creature, and key thing you didn't mention is that it's a core cleric and not a human. Yes, it's not a human. <laughs> Mother of Runes is a human, which is not relevant in the format that Mother of Runes is in, or mm-hmm. at least not incredibly relevant. I'm sure that people have tried to port modern humans over to Legacy with varying degrees of success. Sure. But, but the main deck that Mother of Runes is known for being played in, it doesn't really matter. The The thing that Mother of Runes does that this doesn't is she can Actually, protect weird, herself. Weird way it did matter. So I was playing, when I played the most Legacy, I was playing Mono Black Box, and I had three engineered Plague in my sideboard, and Humans was the best thing to call with it against Maverick That's decks. fair. And, and, uh, and, well, and she wouldn't die to engineered Plague Correct. because she is a 1-2. She Correct. gets the toughness. No, she dies to every other black removal spell that has ever been created. That's not that. true. Is a mostly true. She doesn't die to Dark Blast. You have to do the like Dark Blast on my upkeep oh, yeah. trick if you and want to kill her with Dark Blast. Yep. Yep. But she can't protect herself from removal, which is one thing that Mother of Runes does that's really powerful. Mm-hmm. But she trades that off for being able to give protection from colorless, which is interesting. Um, it's not, I don't know that that's super relevant in Legacy or in modern it is actually more relevant in legacy where sure. like eldrazi is a bigger deal well you have you have like affinity effects where you're like the ability to block um artifact creatures is not irrelevant and yeah i guess you can like component. block a worm coil engine yeah. and give your creature protection so it doesn't, it doesn't die life and doesn't die what kind of deck do you think wants to play this in modern i think humans might still play it even though it's not a human yeah I it is a very powerful one drop it's a, especially uh, with if you are looking to play a card that was also spoiled, Ranger Captain of Eos, which is a which one is old Captain of Eos, <laughs> old Ranger of Eos, or Ranger of Eos, sorry, one white white human soldier. When Ranger Captain of Eos enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a creature card with a permanent cost one or less. Reveal it, put it in your hand, then shuffle your library, and you can sacrifice it. Your opponents can't cast non-creature spells this turn. It's a three-three for three. Did, 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 have you seen the new mocks that literally got previewed while we were recording? Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, so Let me refresh my page. So uh, talk about Ranger, Captain of, of Eos, and I'll talk about the new mocks. Oh, that's a weird card. I don't know if I'm into it. Okay. Um, Ranger, Captain of Eos is a card. Uh, yeah, so it searches for a one drop. So, you know, you're like a white midrange, not midrange, you're like a white kind of aggressive creature based deck if you're playing this card. Um, and you need one drops to find that are powerful in the late game because right. when you're playing this, you already have access to at least three mana. Your one drops, you've probably already played them, and you know you don't want like a noble hierarch because mm-hmm. you already have three mana. Your deck probably tops out at three, or maybe you're playing collected company in a deck mm-hmm. with this guy. But if you're humans in particular, because this guy's a human, you're finding like champion of the parish. But like you've already played a bunch of cards, so champion right. of the parish is much worse than it would be on turn one. But this is a card that is relevant later in the game because yeah. it protects all your creatures from removal. Your opponent has to have two removal spells if they want to kill anything, except this. It can act as a lightning rod. But if your opponent's killing this instead of your, you know, freaking out-of-control Thalia's lieutenant that's beating them up, you're fine with that. And then it also um, it also can, you know, get your creatures through blockers, including colorless blockers now. You know, like if your opponent just plays a blocker, you can, like, give one of your creatures protection and swing through. Right. So it, it like, does have... is a little bit more relevant in the late game than, like, maybe a Noble Hierarch or a Champion of the Parish. And then moving that out of... Moving out of the world of humans, I mean, Collected Company combo decks, 
now that effect becomes much more relevant. Yeah, because, you can search. Because you can search for Viscera Seer, which is yeah. the main, or, yeah, yeah, Viscera Seer, which is the main sack outlet that's available. And, and But even really if you're not and, comboing, I mean, I've seen a good number of just mid-range collected company decks, and I think this is a card that definitely goes into there, yeah. especially like the Knight of the Reliquary ones. I've seen ones with Knight of the Reliquary that are, you know, both comboing with the Bant Nightfall combo, mm -hmm. or just like a mid-range collected company with Knight of the Reliquary as a big beater. And giving Knight of the Reliquary protection from your opponent's blockers, like if they are if they have a bunch of, you know, young Pyromancer tokens or something, and you're right. like, protection from red, get you for nine. They're like, what? how does like a young Pyromancer deck beat a nine-nine? You know, they have yeah. to have like Fatal Push with Revolt or something, or else they're just going to get beaten up. Well, and you have, you have Grim Lava Mancer as another card to kind of search with it as well. Like there's like a, a few one-mana humans and other kind of one-mana effects that are definitely powerful. But then I think, I do think obviously the new Gives you some flexibility with your sideboard because really Grim good. Lava Mancer can become like an okay sideboard card. Yeah that you would like side in just one, but you find it with your knight captains you're already playing. Yep. I mean, you don't often have cards in your graveyard as humans, but yes, there I mean, is humans, a deck not necessarily the where best, that's but good. Maybe well, like soul sisters. It's this card's amazing. Oh yeah. Soul Sarah sisters Sender, for sure. You get Martyr and then you get you that. Know, that's crazy. like a deck that's focused on playing tons of one drops and they right. already were playing Ranger of Eos a lot of the time. Yeah. You can search for a Death Shadow with this guy. Is that good? Yeah, that, I Pe think that is good. That was one of my favorite things when people were playing like four or five color Death Shadow. Uh, you get when that deck was really popular. <laughs> when that deck was really popular, you could like uh, sideboard into Ranger of Eos in like grindy matchups and just like get two Death Shadows. <laughs> Beat this. So yeah, so I think that like obviously that card's really exciting. Uh, the new Mox, because we should talk about it. Mox Tantalite, uh, literally this preview while we are talking. So you're getting our immediate opinions where I'm more excited than Michael is. Suspend three, zero cost. Rather than cast this card from your hand, you may pay zero and exile it with three time counters on it. At the beginning of your upkeep, remove a time counter when the last uh, is removed. Cast it without paying its mana cost. It is a, uh, the, you can't cast it otherwise. You have to use Suspend. What's happening? Um, I said a swear word. Which you're not allowed to do. We're fine. Moving on. Uh, Mox Tantalite, add, uh, and then, so you can't cast it from your hand, and then it can tap to add it has one no mana, mana cost. Of any color. You can cast from your hand if you're creative, but it has no mana yes, cost. It has no mana cost. So there's different ways to get this into play that's cheaty. The question is, is getting a Mox into play, cheating into play is generally not worth it? Yeah. Uh, I would also say waiting three turns to put it into play is also not worth it. Right, because at that point, you can just pay mana. Like, if I were playing a deck that wanted this card, where, like, you're looking to have an extra mana on turn four to go off, why would I play this instead of Lotus Bloom? Like You want Lotus Blooms five through eight. <laughs> but it's only one mana. I mean, the fact... So, like, the difference between a Mox and a Lotus is, like, Lotus is better for, like, an explosive combo because you get three mana right on the turn that you need it. Mm -hmm. A Mox gives you that mana every single turn. Right. But so it's generally less explosive. The the thing about this card is that, you know, you don't you're getting the ex, you're getting the extra mana in three turns. So like, why are you willing to wait three turns to have one extra mana unless you're like doing something explosive? Right. And if you're doing something explosive, I would rather have three extra mana. Yeah, I agree. Like you don't need it every single turn. Like if I'm ad nauseum, I don't need an extra mana every single turn. I need extra mana on the turn I'm going to win the game. <laughs> So, next card. And it's five cards. Yep. And it's Horizon Canopy, but an enemy colors. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. I never thought that they would do this. Like, people would say to me, you know, like, 
we we talk about cards, speculating on mm-hmm. whatever. And it's like, you know, I would have conversations with people that were like, well, do you think they're going to finish all the future site cycles? And I would always say, I think Grove of the Burn Willows, they probably won't finish because it's it would be busted. It's too powerful. And then I would say Horizon Canopy, they'll never finish because it's busted. Yeah. And here they are. Finishing it. Finishing it. I mean. Or doing half. Yeah. <laughs> There's now six out of ten. There's. Given these lands, it makes me think that they would finish it eventually in, you know, Modern Horizons 2 or whatever. Right. <laughs> or, yeah. Um, so, like, the uh, interesting t- statistic that Safran Olive posted, I think sure. knows who it was, is that right now Horizon Canopy is the fifth most played lands after Bloodstained Mire and three basics. Which is wild. Which is an insane, which is insane. And the fact that we are now getting... Five it's like a green white land. Like color. green white is not even the most popular color combo right. by a, by a long stretch. But, but it's like it's just good enough that it goes in a lot of white decks, a lot of green decks. Yep, you and just play obvious. it anyways, and you get it. And now I like another card I'm excited about that I'll talk about. But like, if I'm playing a green black deck, I just get a card that matters, like both to fix my mana and to draw cards off of it. So I have a question. So let's let's metagame. Modern Horizon comes out. Everybody's excited about all these new hot stuff. They're playing all these lands that deal them damage, and they're playing, uh, like Force of Negation and whatever to like beat these combo decks. Mm-hmm. And you're like, ha ha ha! Don't you just play Burn? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. They also got Burn everybody's like taking a bunch, like of, taking a bunch of everybody's just taking a bunch of damage off their new hot Horizon canopies, and you're just like lava spiking them. <laughs> what was there was a new card? What's the new card that Burn got that was like really powerful? Is it Tibalt? Just kidding. Tibble's not that good. No, he could be no, a sideboard, no. though. I don't know. <laughs> New Tibble is not the worst. Uh, well, these lands are really good in Burn, I think, is part of it. Was actually, I think, the part of the conversation. Yes. The red that, ones are very good, especially the red-white one, it because it helps you splash your sideboard cards. about their life total, and they get to sacrifice it to play things. And yeah, they. I mean, they play... Yeah, so these are generally better in aggressive decks. Like, yeah. I think the main deck playing Horizon Canopy in Modern is humans. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also shows up in, like, decks that can search for a land, because it turns your search for a land into a card mm-hmm. if you need to be finding a specific card. So... Like Amulet will play it because they can like search for Horizon Canopy, and then Boggles plays it because it's and then Boggles that, plays it because they're also an aggro deck and they're an aggro deck, um, and they have a lot of life gain already attached to kind of what yeah, they're like doing. Knight of the Reliquary decks usually play it because they are either aggressive, but even if they're more mid rangey, you can search for it with Knight of the Reliquary, mm-hmm. so you can turn your Knight of the Reliquary search into a card draw. I think I think it was just the fact that they would play this. Uh, Aria Flame is the only other card which is they gain ten life, but then every instant or spell you cast plus that does. It, a bunch like storms off kind of i don't think that's i don't think so that's not i don't know that burn is necessarily getting new tools but if everybody's what is it's getting the it's getting uh sunbaked canyon yeah sunbaked canyon (laughs) is pretty strong for burn because they're they're very susceptible to mana flood right um and then i think the last car some some last cards i want to talk about that we've talked a lot about beforehand uh one of them is plane bound accomplice two in a red human wizard one three uh, one red, you may put a Planeswalker card from your hand onto the battlefield, sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step. So we talked a lot about this yesterday uh, with Cloudstone Curio and any Planeswalker that makes uh, more than two red mana. Uh, so two or more red mana, you and another Planeswalker, you get infinite of that other Planeswalker's activated abilities. And then if it's three or more red mana, you get infinite mana. 
Um, and the way this works is you play, you have Classroom Curie in play and this wizard in play. You pay one red mana, say let's use Chandra, uh, Torch, of Defiance. Torch of Defiance, which is the four mana Chandra from um, Kaladesh. Kaladesh, that's plus ability is make two red. Uh, you then, or it's zero ability is make two red? It's plus one. It's plus, it's plus one is make two red. Um, it You make two red, you then use one of those red to put a different Planeswalker in play. Let's say it's What's a good Planeswalker for this? The original Chandra, the five mana Chandra Nalar. That pluses the ping one damage to target player. <laughs> okay. Right? Yep. <laughs> uh, you ping them. Then Cloudstone Curio triggers. You return uh, the original Chandra back. You then use the remaining red mana to bring that back, bringing the original, the second Chandra back to your hand, then you go off, going infinite damage. Yep. So finally, Chandra Nalar. Seeing play in modern, except that there's just way better planeswalkers to do this with, and I don't know how good this is in general. But <laughs> yeah, it's like pretty clunky multi-card combo, but it's definitely something interesting that you can do with this card because, like, a lot of the time, just putting putting a planeswalker in for one activation is like not really worth the trouble. Sure. Like one mana for a given planeswalker activation is probably worth it on like almost any planeswalker, mm-hmm. but the fact that you it requires this creature to do it and then you're also like you need a cloudstone curio on play to go well go i'm just off. saying even if you don't also, need cloudstone curio like i think I that's could, the most interesting application see, for this card i could see a deck like um scred scred red that already is playing charger torso divine and koth both cards that go infinite with the, this combo because koth minuses to make many equal, equal to, to your mountains, mountains yeah and adding Karn, which I would be surprised if I saw a scred list that didn't have the new Karn in play that lets you get cards from your sideboard. Okay. Um, it's a lot of four drops. Sure. Um, then putting one Cloud Stoke Curry in your deck and you're playing this one, this guy in there, just like some games you'll go infinite because you have those pieces and the, the, the actual cost to do so is pretty low. It seems feasible. Now, I, I don't know if that's This guy is pretty bad when you don't have a Curio in that deck, though. I mean, you said before, like, I would pay one mana. None of those have walkers a have a good enough ability, though. Chandra draws you cards. Koth She exiles the top card, and you can cast it until end of turn. It's like not even draw a card. Sure. So you'd, like, cycle your Chandra, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Okay. So maybe it's not good enough. There's, it does a lot, though. It goes infinite. That's a combo. That is a combo. That is playable with cards that are already seeing play like that's yeah, that's the, the the fact that like that deck is already playing two of the pieces it needs and you just need to like figure out how to fit this piece and cloudstone curio yeah is not makes it seem more interesting to me than not oh so another card i'm excited about is goblin matron yes so one of the reasons i'm excited about goblin matron is that i think this will be the last card we'll talk about today okay uh i so I don't think that like aggro goblins like you see like you used to see in Legacy, it's like not even really good enough for Legacy anymore. It but, hasn't been for years. Yeah, but they get access to Goblin Ringleader, which is like a huge card draw engine, right. and they get access which to the top four cards of your library, and you put all like goblins in your hand. Yeah, um, and goblin they get Lackey, access to Goblin Lackey, which we have War and Instigator in Modern right now, but it's one mana for a one-one goblin that when it does damage to a player, you put a goblin from your hand into play. Right. So you have tons of card draw in the form of Ringleader. You have tons of mana basically in the form of Goblin Lackey, uh, which gives the deck a lot of resilience. You also have Wasteland, which can 
you know, keep your opponent off of mana to give you a little bit more mm-hmm. time to like put your ridiculous goblin synergy into play. And that's what makes it potentially more powerful than a burn deck is that you get to put pressure on their mana and you get to effectively draw a bunch of cards and make a bunch of mana with lackey. Right. But you don't get to do any of that stuff in modern because none of those three cards are legal. And I'd say they're the three key cards, well, most important cards in legacy. Yet. We have the re- rest of these two tricks to see what's going to come out. We don't yet. know what there is. I would be surprised if another one of those goblin cards isn't in this set. Yeah, I mean, it's true. Like, because leader more than Lackey, I can see them being a little wary of Lackey. And Warren Instigator exists instead of Lackey, so they might feel like, we think you have some of the pieces. Of That's true. But as it stands uh, right now while we're recording this episode, those three cards don't exist. The right. reason I'm excited about Matron is not because of a deck like that. The reason I'm excited about Matron... Stop this, Alex. <laughs> is for like goblin combo decks that are using Skirk Prospector, like you said, or Goblin Warchief or something like that, because this allows you to search for your combo pieces. Right. And it is also a goblin that you can sack to Prospector. It's a goblin that you get the discount from Warchief. Like this this does a lot for like cool goblin combo decks, which I'm about. I was the one who did all, all the research for the show before I was appearing regularly on the show, but I did all the research for the show when you guys spoiled Skirk Prospector. Right. That was your preview card, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, so you guys were like, you know, what are we going to say about Skirk Prospector? And I'm like, fecundity. <laughs> yeah, so so yeah, like these sweet fecundity combos, the Goblin Matron is like a he, really key piece, mm-hmm. I think, for these combos. And, you know, fecundity Skirk Prospector is one big one, but I'm sure there's other cool stuff you can sure. do with Goblin Matron. To search for like... So for people that don't know, because there's a previous episode, uh, Skirt Prospector is one red mana to make a goblin that you can sacrifice a goblin to make no, one it, red it is mana. a goblin. It doesn't make... It, it, it is a 1-1 one, one goblin for one red. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just, I guess, said that. You used way. a weird... Yeah. Sure. Yeah, it is a 1-1 one, one goblin for one red that you can sacrifice a goblin to make one red. Yep. And then Fecundity is an enchantment for green and two that whenever a creature dies, you draw a card. Yes. And so you can, with those two cards in play, not go infinite, but kind of go infinite and then find a way to do damage to kill. Yeah, you like play a bunch of goblins, make a bunch of mana. You like play cards that make as many goblins as they cost mana wise. So you're playing like, you know, uh, like Mog War Marshal, which makes three goblins effectively. Mm hmm. So you're like, like playing a ritual off of it. It turns into cards. desperate ritual, draw three cards, and you're like drawing a bunch of cards, and then you're like playing empty the warrens once yeah. you've like drawn a bunch of cards and made a bunch of mana. So then you just get like ten goblins right. and you just like sack them all to you make play, a ton of play, mana. You play and then one you just great like, shot in the deck. Yeah, you, and then you, you just win. And you win, yeah. Uh, and so Goblin Matron searches for your Skirk Prospector while you're going off. It guarantees gas because it. It basically is a two for one mm-hmm. in, in that situation because you get to sack it to draw a card, but you also, it drew you a card and it picked the card. So you draw your Mog War Marshal, you play that. Now you've like gone up even higher up on cards to like increase the consistency of the deck a lot. Yep. So I think it increases the consistency of the deck before you combo because it searches for your combo pieces and it also increases the consistency of the deck while you're comboing because it allows you to not whiff off the top of your deck because it like. Oh, okay. Apparently, it's official that Counterspell is not in the set. I can't read, watch the video. Um, yeah, I kind of predicted that. I shot called that earlier. Part of it was just like with Force of Will. Force of Negation. Force of Negation, Flusterstorm, and uh, Portent, which we didn't talk about, but is the two-mana Counterspell that they're printing that we'll talk Prohibit, about. Prohibit, you mean? Prohibit. Portent is a different card. What's Portent? Portent is what Legacy oh, Miracles like, like, plays now. It's, got it. It's slow cantrip ponder. Got it. Okay, not Portent. So it, it you draw a card in the beginning of the next upkeep, and right. then it's like instant speed ponder where you look at the top three, you 
put them back in any order, and then you may shuffle. Got it. This is a card that Ben was excited about when the no ban list or the new ban list for uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Highlander Roulette. Highlander Gauntlet. Yeah, yeah. Highlander Gauntlet. Um, moving on. So they've previewed basically a powerful counterspell at like all these effects. What is? What are we both. talking about when we say powerful counterspell, Alex? We're talking about prohibit. Prohibit. It is one and a blue instant. Counter target spell if it's converted mana cost is two or less. Then it has kicker for two. If it was kicked, counter that spell if it's converted mana cost is four or less instead. Right. So the main mode is one and a blue. Counter target spell if it's converted mana cost is two or less. Yep. So it's like a little bit of a extra mana for a spell snare, but you get a ton of flexibility. Yeah, I think I think this was a big sign that counter spell was not going to be in the set. And That's I'm assuming fair. that the reason they know counterspell isn't in the set is because they've done the like there's a way using numbers and the name of sets and how things are ordered alphabetically to know if a yeah, card that. has available slot in the set. Um, and so, yeah. Craig is over there letting us know that foil Genesis is a hundred dollars because they spoiled Genesis. Oh yeah. But I don't, I don't think it's going to see any play. In it's modern. not going to see any play. I don't know why it would spike. Is there like a I combo mean, that we're not play thinking one of? One of to be able to like frog fog someone out of the game. I guess spore frog. I mean, maybe there's like some weirdo Genesis deck combo deck, but card is pretty clunky. Yep. Uh, oh, we didn't talk about one card that I said we were talking about. Ayula's influence. Green, green, green enchantment. Discard a land card. Create a two, two green bear creature token. I think this might be my favorite card. In the set. I like this because, like, a lot of these seismic assault decks, it feels like if you're not going all in to like kill them with seismic assault with a combo, it's like a little weak. Yeah, so, but so making two a damage two -two, to a random thing is not as good as making a two two. Like, a two two does more than two damage, arguably, over time. Unless you're comboing. Plus, it blocks, unless you're comboing off. And I think just a, like, I would much rather play a two two for one card than a, than shock. Totally. Um, and the other piece of the problem that I've noticed is that like triple red is really hard to accomplish in those decks because there's not a real lot of reasons to be playing triple red versus you can now just do a black green or a black green white deck that's playing this land thing so you can play like Knight of the Reliquary and this and get Rog or other combo pieces with Lum. Like the main piece that this goes with is life in the Lum. Mm -hmm. And so those two together are now in mono green. And so that's true. You actually like you can just grind a lot of decks out by just like having tons of two, two blockers and yeah. blocking that hadn't even occurred to me as much. Cause you can use seismic assault to kill creatures, but like if your opponent has a Gurmag angler, you have to discard three lands to kill right. it. Or you just make three bears, chump block, hit them for four, make more bears. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're just like one bear every turn. And then you have two extra bears that you're getting up with yeah. the bomb combo. Like, I think just like being able to block with it is like a much stronger ability than just shock. Yeah. Um, I'm excited. I think this makes that type of deck a little bit more of a viable thing. Yeah. There's a few pieces missing still, I think, but we'll see what we get by the end of the set. And um, we'll know more by the end of the two, last two weeks. Do you think the cycle lands are in this set? It's possible. We saw the Astral Drift. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which Astral is new... Drift is not a card that I'm excited about because, you know, there's not a lot of good cycling cards in modern uh, it says whenever you cycle it or cycle another card while it's on the battlefield, you may exile target creature. If you do, return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control at the beginning of the next end step. And it's a three mana enchantment, two and a white. And, and it has cycling for two and a white. So this so is a version of Astral Slide. Astral Slide, which is Yeah, which was favorite. from Onslaught. And it was like a really popular standard deck uh, that was fueled by one mana cycling cards. And namely one mana cycling lands sure. because from Onslaught because they... Um, 
it's it's you're now up. You're not paying one mana for this effect and drawing a card versus two mana, which right. is currently available and then with you the play ETB the creatures, but you can also like exile a creature on your opponent's end step. It doesn't come back till your end step, so you like get free attacks. You can like you know disrupt your opponent's creatures but there's just not enough good cycling cards in modern yeah especially like one mana cycling yeah. cards there's it, some from Amonkhet, but most of them aren't playable right. the thing about lands is like you need lands anyway the fact that they etb tapped is not a big deal and we have cycling lands in modern we have we, we have two sets we have the mana fixing ones which are, are are pretty close to good enough like i've definitely messed with those and yeah. they're like kind of the accompanying effects to the now lands that you play in sacrifice to draw the ones from Amonkhet, right the Amonkhet ones and then you have the desert ones that are monocolor but it's a colored mana source and a colorless mana yeah, source. but they're all two mana to cycle yeah which is and then there's like enough. hieroglyphic illumination is playable in modern and there's like the f there's like street wraith sure is playable in modern yep. and then there's like all the creatures living end plays but if you're not recurring them out of their graveyard they're like pretty bad well, i think living like in five mana like three threes and stuff i think there's a argument for a white man like white living end that's playing this as like a weird additional game plan yeah maybe i don't know if it's strong enough fair. It's fair. but I, I will say that if they're printing this card and they want people to be excited about it for modern the the one mana cycling lands is, is the way to do it yep It'll get people a little bit so more excited. Knock on the wood that we get it. That made all the sound for everyone. So cool. All right. So that's it for the episode. I wanted to thank Michael for coming on. Thank everyone for listening. Uh, make sure to check it out on YouTube. If you haven't tried that out, uh, this episode is going to be a little weird because our editor is out of town. So we're not going to have the card art. We apologize. That's why we were making a little bit more of a better effort at reading all the card names. And uh, hopefully it was a good enough, good enough effort job, but we did like three years of not doing that. So I apologize world. Um, the uh, episode obviously, obviously will be audio format. It's available on iTunes and all the other places you can get it. Collected.company is the best place to kind of find it as a website page. Um, make sure to check out the Facebook group. It's the largest magic modern Facebook group out there. Um, also join, look the official spark group. Uh, I've accidentally last night while tweeting it, like one in the morning invented a new format that apparently people are appreciative of, which is command but you can play as planeswalkers as commander along with legendary creatures and is built to be a uh like just you can play with commander players it's just commander <laughs> um, check that group out as well um and make sure to follow us at twitter i'm at the mm cast uh as a podcast i personally am at kess wiley i'm at dudar d-u-d-a-r-d-d and uh other host who's not here ben is at ben bateman media on everything like instagram if you want to see just how like handsome he is you can find yeah, him on instagram it's good, it's good instagram handsome. follow uh, <laughs> uh we are also going to be at gp seattle uh or magic fest seattle uh we are doing a live show there so make sure to keep an eye out for that we're looking forward to see everyone there uh make sure to tune in next monday the episode is going to come out at 9 a.m on monday uh for our official modern horizons previews card it's awesome it is an awesome card uh and i'm excited for you to see how excited I i'm i'm like it. the naysayer on the show compared to like alex and ben uh but it's a really cool card yep. i'm really excited about it it's fascinating. Yeah, I'm normally the naysayer. You've out naysayed me. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys. See you guys next week. Bye.